Hello, everybody. This is Jean Barto with the Custer's Luck Radio Show, and I hope everyone is having a good post-Christmas week. Here's a show I shared a couple years ago about the story behind Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jean Barta with the Custer's Luck Radio Show, and it is December 24th, 2019. My show today is entitled, The True Story of Pain and Hope Behind I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And this was originally put on thegospelcoalition.org on December 21st, 2014 by Justin Taylor. Let me continue. In March of 1863, 18-year-old Charles Appleton Longfellow walked out of his family's house on Brattle Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and, unbeknownst to his family, boarded a train bound for Washington, D.C., traveling over 400 miles across the eastern seaboard to order to, in order to join President Lincoln's Union Army to fight in the Civil War. Charles, born June 9, 1844, was the oldest of six children born to Fanny Elizabeth Appleton and Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, the celebrated literary critic and poet. Charles had five younger siblings, a brother aged 17, and three sisters ages 13, 10, and 8, and another child had died as an infant. Less than two years earlier, Charles's mother, Fanny, had tragically died after her dress caught on fire. Her husband, awoken from a nap, tried to extinguish the flames as best he could, first with a rug and then his own body, but she had already suffered severe burns. She died the next morning, July 10, 1861, and Henry Longfellow's facial burns were severe enough that he was unable even to attend his own wife's funeral. He would grow a beard to hide his burned face, and at times feared that he would be sent to an asylum on account of his grief. When Charlie, as he was called, arrived in Washington, D.C., he sought to enlist as a private with, with the 1st Massachusetts Artillery. Captain W.H. McCartney, commander of Battery A, wrote to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow for written permission for Charlie to become a soldier. H.W.L., as his son referred to him, granted the permission. Longfellow later wrote to his friends Charles Sumner, Senator from Massachusetts, John Andrew, Governor of Massachusetts, and Edward Dalton, Medical Inspector of the Sixth Army Corps, to lobby for his son to become an officer. But Charlie had already impressed his fellow soldiers and superiors with his skills. And on March 27, 1863, he was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the 1st Massachusetts Cavalry, assigned to Company G. After participating on the fringe of the Battle of Chancellorsville in Virginia from April 30th to May 6th, 1863, Charlie fell ill with typhoid fever and was sent home to recover. He rejoined his unit on August 15, 1863, 
having missed the Battle of Gettysburg. While dining at home on December 1st, 1863, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow received a telegram that his son had been severely wounded four days earlier. On November 27, 1863, while involved in a skirmish during a Battle of the Mine Run campaign, Charlie was shot through the left shoulder with the bullet exiting under his right shoulder blade. It had traveled across his back and skimmed his spine. Charlie avoided being paralyzed by less than an inch. He was carried into New Hope Church in Orange County, Virginia, and then transported to the Rapidan River. Charlie's father and younger brother Ernest immediately set out for Washington, D.C., arriving on December 3rd. Charlie arrived by train on December 5th. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was alarmed when informed by the Army surgeon that his son's wound was very serious and that paralysis might ensue. Three surgeons gave a more favorable report that evening, suggesting a recovery that would require him to be long in healing, at least six months. On Christmas Day, 1863, Longfellow, a 57-year-old widowed father of six children, the oldest of which had been nearly paralyzed as his country fought a war against itself, wrote a poem seeking to capture the dynamic and dissonance in his own heart and the world he observes around him. He heard the Christmas bells that December day and the singing of peace on earth. But he observed the world of injustice and violence that seemed to mock the truthfulness of this optimistic outlook. The theme of listening recurred throughout the poem eventually leading to a settledness of confident hope, even in the midst of bleak despair. And this is Jean Barta with the Custer's Luck Radio Show, and I'm going to take a short break. Please listen to this musical interlude. I finish up this evening, I want to remember four people who I knew in varying capacities during my life. All are military veterans and all did their duty. The first is my uncle, Lynn Lemuel Stratton, my father's elder brother who lived from 1893 to 1964. He was old enough so that he participated in World War I as a pilot in England and I think also in France. And he is buried in Section 15 and one row away from irascible Godspeed John Glenn. So if you see John Glenn's grave one row further to the right and you'll see my uncle's. And I also want to remember three close friends of mine from 
my military career. The first, Lieutenant Colonel retired Graham R. Boyette, who I knew well in Korea, a chemical officer at that time. He then transferred, transitioned to federal government, and he died two years ago of lung cancer. And I think of him quite often. If he had not smoked, he would still be with us today. The second is someone else I knew well, Colonel Britton P. Mallow, who at his last assignment was the deputy CID commander for the whole U.S. Army. He and I served together in the mid-1980s while we were in the 519th MP Battalion at Fort Meade, Maryland. He was a wonderful man, and for whatever reason, two and a half years ago, decided to take his own life. And I have no idea what happened, and I always have those questions as to what he was doing during the latter part of his career that was very troublesome for him. And then, lastly, my very good friend, Commander Patrick Dunn, United States Naval Academy, class of 1985. He died in the Pentagon on September 11th in that Navy office where nearly everyone died. I think of Pat often, and I make sure that whenever I go to Arlington, which is five minutes away, I go see his grave first. Merry Christmas, everyone. And as I close, I will share with you one last musical selection. Enjoy. It was a long, cold winter of 1863. The war between the states raged mercilessly. Antietam, Vicksburg, Gettysburg, Chickamauga. Sons, fathers, and brothers from Mississippi to Maine had not come home for Christmas, and many would never return. Poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow sat in Cambridge, Massachusetts, pondering the state of the world around him. Longfellow had been widowed for two years since his wife's dress tragically caught fire, and his son, Charles, was now seriously wounded, having been injured on December 1st by a Confederate bullet at the Battle of New Hope Church. As he sat nursing his son on the long road to recovery, listening to the church bells pealing forth Christmas tidings, he struggled with the message of the angels proclaiming, Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And he took up his pen and wrote.
shine.